This story, told by Arthur Bradford, was recorded at a live Super Thanks storytelling event in November 2014 at Eastburn in Portland, Oregon. Hi. Um, my name is Arthur Bradford. Uh, I, for the past um, seven years or so, until recently, I um, I was a director of a summer camp for people with disabilities, um, and uh, in that position, and also as a, as a counselor before that, um, I received a lot of thanks. I think that's kind of the currency that you get when you uh, work in that field with people with disabilities. People are are always thanking you. That the parents of of the people that you work with and the, um, the, the people themselves with disabilities who you're, you're helping. Um, and, and, and that made sense to me as a counselor um, that, that I would get thanked for doing that work. Um, but then as I, as I, when I became a director, um, I, I started to get a different perspective on, on, that, on that work. And and that was because I started seeing these, these counselors coming in at, um, for this summer camp. Um, they would be teenagers and, and college students. And they, they would show up at the camp uh, uh, like your typical American young person. They would be kind of self-involved and, and, and thinking about their own stuff. And I would watch as they, they took on this job. At, at this, this summer camp had... had um, all ranges of people with disabilities, people with cerebral palsy and people with um, Down syndrome and spinal bifida and autism. And, and usually we would assign uh, a counselor to be one-on-one -on -one with one of the campers. And I would see just over the course of, of a summer these, these young people be transformed from someone who, who was really self-involved to somebody who was looking outside of themselves. And it was just the simple act of having to think when you sit down to eat, oh, there's someone else who I need to make sure is getting their food before I eat. And, and it, it, was, it was kind of a profound thing for me. And, and what the people I started to value the most in that summer camp were the, the campers who had returned year after year. The, there was this one guy, Paul Remy, um, a man with cerebral palsy, who had, he started going to the camp when he was seven years old, and now he was in his 50s, and he had a college degree. He would, he would write articles for the local paper by using, a, he, had a, he wore sort of a helmet with this wand that would point out from his head, and he would painstakingly type each letter, a, and he would write these beautiful articles about his life, and, and he would go to events and report on them. And Paul, at one point, asked, maybe I shouldn't be attending this camp. Why, why am I going to a summer camp and taking this, this spot? I have a fulfilling life. And I, I begged Paul. I said, please come to this camp because we need you as part of this community because of what you give back to these counselors. The, 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 he was able to teach them something about what it, about what it meant to be uh, a person who helps someone with a disability, and I and I felt that way about a lot of the, a lot of the people with disabilities who would go there, and so I was very grateful to them. And I found myself thinking that instead of this camp, where a lot of people would think a camp like that, its its greatest service is that it, it's helping people with disabilities and helping their families. I found that that one of the the bigger services it was doing was was 
putting out into the world these young people who were not quite so so selfish, frankly, and and self-involved. They they were they were they were able to give back to the community, and that was because of of the sacrifice that someone like Paul is making. Because it's not easy to put yourself in the hands of an inexperienced person and allow them to feed and bathe you daily. Um, so I went through that transformation, and then I went through another transformation when I became a parent myself. And, and that, I think, was my most profound realization about the world of, of disability, is, is I realized that I, I knew a lot of people with, who were born with very severe disabilities who, in my view, lived really fulfilling lives. But the people who I felt like were really dealing with a lot of pain were the parents of these people because I understood now when you have a young child what it's like to look into that child and just want so much for that child not to feel pain and not for it to feel humiliation and, and all of the things that I, I think are so, so familiar to parents of people with disabilities. And I, I realized what a, what a um, hardship they were, they were taking on. And um, there's a statistic which I think is really just shocking, which is um, that, that 80 to 90% of all parents of people with disabilities end up getting divorced. And I, and I think that just says something about how hard it is. Um, so I became really grateful to those, those parents who, who were, were sending their, their, uh, their offspring to this camp um, to, to help us. And I, I, w I want to, in particular, um, thank. I, I'm thinking about this one family in particular. I want to explain why I, I chose them to be the, the people that I would like to thank tonight. Um, the family is they're they're known as the Birds, and um, their their son, his name is Bobby Bird, and uh, he's a man with Down syndrome. And when I when I first uh, became a counselor at the, at this camp, I. Um, I, w I was also really interested in filmmaking, so I, I brought a video camera to the camp, and we would try to make these videos for the camp. We would, we would do these, this news broadcast, and, and we were trying to make just simple, short videos and, and involving everybody with all sorts of disabilities and um, that we would show after dinner at the camp. And one of the things that started to be kind of really popular amongst the camp community were these man-on-the-street interviews we would do. And one of the big stars of the man-on-the-street things that we would do was, was Bobby Bird. And he, he just he was a very charming, outgoing guy. And he had this ability. The thing about Bobby was that there, you couldn't understand anything that he said. He, he would speak, and, and, and frankly, it, was, it sounded like gibberish. He sounded a little bit like a pirate. Sometimes people would think he was going, arg, ay, chari, ay, shavai. And that's the way he sounded. But he would go up to people with his microphone, and, and he had an, an idea that he was having a conversation with them. And he would, he would say something, and then he would offer the microphone to them. And it was so fun to watch people struggle with how to, how to communicate with Bobby. And, and it was funny in a nice way. And so we would watch these videos at, at the camp, and we would just be laughing and laughing because we knew Bobby, and we thought it was so funny that these people, because I had seen the way people normally talk to people with disabilities. They, and normally it's, it's, it's a sort of, you, you often see that, that, that it's, they, they're kind of, they're not, 
they're speaking to, even though Bobby was, was a 45-year-old man, they would talk to him like it was a child. But when he had a, a microphone, suddenly they were, he, he was in a position of authority, and they had to answer his questions, whatever they were. And so it was really fun. And so we would make these videos, and um, these videos ended up, um, this was in the 90s before the internet, and, the, and they got passed around, and, and these two guys called me up, these filmmakers named Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and they, they, um, they said, hey, we really love these videos you're making, um, and we, we are, we're filmmakers too, and we have a feeling we're going to, they just knew they were going to make it big, and they said, we want to fund you to make films after we start making a lot of money, and I said, sure, let me know when that happens. <laughs> and 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 they and it did happen. They 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 um they made this show called South Park, and it it was a it was a huge hit, and so they and they made good on their promise. They said we'll we'll give you whatever you need to make a film with with these these campers from Camp Jabberwocky, and so I I I said let's do it, and w we called the the film How's Your News, and we drove across America with with uh, five of the campers from Camp Jabberwocky, and Bobby Bird was one of those people. And one of the hardest things about making that film was calling up the parents of, of the people that we wanted to have in, involved in the film and say, explain this concept and say like, hey, we want to drive across the country and with, with your son or daughter and we want, and they're going to be interviewing people wherever we go, they're going to interview people on the, uh, and it's going to be funny and, um, and it, we think it's going to be really good. And, and, um, that we frankly like several of the parents uh said no thanks like they they had had they i i could at that time i was not a parent but now that i am a parent i really understood they just they why why subject your child to this potential um embarrassment that could come from from doing something like this and so um i was really grateful the the birds were one of the first people they they said they said oh that sounds like fun bobby would really enjoy that and then, and then we made the film, and and it, and we would screen it for audiences. And I always say before, you know, it's okay to laugh, it's okay to laugh. But I was so nervous when the parents were there because I was so worried that they would would take offense at at all these people laughing at their sons and daughters. But the birds were one of the first people that came up to me, and they said they said we we really like that film. We love that people that people were struggling to talk to Bobby and trying to talk to him. And and then. Um, the amazing thing about this film project was that we, we kept getting these other opportunities. And after that, we went to um, the Democratic and Republican conventions in 2004. And, and, and I, really, I really loved Bobby. I, I was felt really uncomfortable being on the convention floor. I don't know if any of you have ever been to the political conventions, but they're, they're just this big media frenzy. And I felt like I did not belong there. And we, had, we, we didn't have enough press passes to get in. So we, we did that thing when you, that you maybe did when you were teenagers at, at a rock concert where we had two press passes. So two of us would go in, and then one of us would go out with the two passes. And eventually we, got, we had 10 people inside. And, <laughs> and, um, and, but we, we, couldn't, we didn't know how to approach anybody. And Bobby just started going up to politicians. He, would, he went up to Hillary Clinton, and he went up to Al Franken. And, and he, at one point, John McCain was, was like walking very briskly across the floor of the Republican convention. And Bobby just, he recognized him. He'd seen him on the news or something. He just, he just ran up to him and, and he, just, he just said something. You know, he, he, there was no way for 
Mr. McCain to understand what he was saying, and he just put the microphone in front of him. <laughs> and, and, and John McCain looks at him, and he looks at me with the camera, and he's, I can just see this look of, like, what is going on here? And, and it was really great because these politicians, they work so hard to stay on the script. And, and here's a guy, there's, what are you supposed to say to this, he's this, this little guy, like, just saying, sort of doing pirate talk to you? And, and, um, and then John McCain said, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to... And, and, he, and you can see this is on YouTube, by the way. I think it's, on, it's like a very unusual John McCain interview. But, but Bobby was so good. And then, um, and then uh, after we made that, that film, it, it kind of had this like kind of underground success. And we ended up getting the opportunity to do a series for MTV, also called How's Your News? And that was probably my hardest moment with all the parents because MTV sent us this really long contract that each of the the cast members were supposed to sign. And I, 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 in, in good conscience, I wasn't really sure whether that made sense for them to sign this. It was all this stuff about exploitation of the image and MTV reserves the right to do whatever they want with the footage. And, and I, I felt like I had these ambitions as a filmmaker. I, wa- I was really excited at the opportunity to make a... I was going to do a series for MTV. But why should, should Bobby Bird's mother and his sister and his brother sign this contract and, and have Bobby thrown out in front of the American public for them to, to make whatever they wanted of him. And so I really didn't know. A lot of the other parents, they looked at the contract and they had lawyers look at it, and I just didn't know what to, what to tell them. And the birds, they, they were the first people to sign that contract, and they said, they said, we trust you, Arthur, and we think it would be wonderful if Bobby was on television. We, we think it would be great. And... I thought that was so brave of them to 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 allow their the, their sons to just p- be put out there and and so we did this show and and sure enough the the show was was met with a lot of lot of different reactions and there was even like at one point Bobby's niece who was in high school sent me this email and said why am I seeing Bobby on this on this um, web page and that Bobby had become like one of those internet memes. Uh, and he was in a Superman suit, and it was some sort of dumb thing about making fun, basically making fun of people with Down syndrome. And I, I, I was, I thought this was my worst nightmare. Like, how do I, how do I explain this to his brother and sister and his mother? Who his mother at this point was, was in a nursing home, and and they said they said I, I, I got in touch with him, I and I drove to his sister's house, and I said I'm really sorry this happened, and they said you know what w- this this is it doesn't matter who cares what what somebody did this with a picture it doesn't matter and and i i thought that was so nice of them and it was so i was so grateful for that and um i'm really grateful uh to bobby for showing so much courage and so i i i've always wanted to have the opportunity to say thank you to the bird family thank you for your courage and for your generosity for sharing your son with everybody. Thank you. You can listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. To find out more about Superthank and our events, or to pitch us a story, visit superthank.org.